For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Summer's afternoon, I took the bus from Loris, and she was heavy laden. Away we went, and I got it straight to say the race and blade. Oh, you lads, you should have seen us get it. Passing the folks along the road, all of them were staring. All the lads and lasses there, they'll be Hello, and welcome to CHN Radio episode 126. It's your boy, Greg Troxel. You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. And follow, make sure you follow this podcast because we have some good things coming for you at CHN underscore radio. And without further ado, we bring you the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. What it do, what it do, what it do. I'm super stoked to be here talking about Newcastle on what has been a wonderful week of Newcastle news. I don't think I'm sugarcoating it at all. Mm. Honestly, it's been a very good week in Newcastle news. Um, this is what we record these on a Tuesday, released on a Wednesday. So if if you're tracking with us, we've had a lot of very good news come come to to our attention since our last episode. So I'm excited to get into this, talk about some stuff. If you want to follow your boy on Twitter, it's at Elijah underscore Newsom for all the hottest takes, mainly about the governor of Georgia uh, opening up uh, our wonderful state, even though. Um, there's a lot of people catching this coronavirus, so uh, that's mainly what my Twitter's about, Greg. Yeah. Um, first thing that we need to talk about is it's a takeover world we're living in. Of we're course. living that takeover that's life. That's honestly the only news. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's done. The deal is done. It's been reported by everybody. Nobody's denied it. That funds have been exchanged. <laughs> Accounts are set. Paperwork is sealed. And Newcastle United yeah. have agreed in principle – to transfer ownership from Mike Ashley to Amanda Stavely, the Rubin brothers, and the financier of the Saudi Arabia Republic, PIF. And I, I would even add on to that, Greg. If the deal is so done that we're even getting reasons for why the deal hasn't been announced yet. That's how done the deal yeah. is. <laughs> I know you can kind of dive into that, but I mean, there was a report that came out, um, I guess it was over the weekend, about the fact that the deal is so done that one side of the deal wants to announce it, and the other side is like, hey, let's hold off. Greg, you want to shed some light on that? Yeah, so uh, about which which part? Like, which which parts are we discussing here? All of it? Oh, just the fact that, that the deal is done, and one side wants to announce it, or oh, like, wanted to like announce it. And the okay, other okay. Side, yeah. I, I misunderstood yeah. where we were going. Okay, my bad. So... Yeah, so Mike actually wanted to announce that the deal is done, but it's Saudi Arabia. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, well, he's getting paid, so. Um, yeah. Saudi Arabia custom is that you don't announce a deal until, you don't shake hands until it's done, for sure. So they pleaded that he not do that <laughs> and not announce it yet until it's been announced by the Premier League, so he's surprisingly taking their wishes, and that's why something hasn't been announced formally 
uh, from the club's account. It, it's it's also a weird time too, and you talked about this last podcast. We're not going to get like the new owners holding the scarf up in the stadium. Like they're not going to be able to go to the stadium. They're not going to even yeah. be yeah. able to be in Newcastle. It's a really weird time. We'll get into that also. Yeah, yeah but I mean, on that note, I mean, I think I think we can say with certain confidence that we're at a point where the deal has been done uh, for those who are under who are living under a rock I guess the the TLDR is that um, everything was kind of agreed upon and submitted to the Premier League April 9th and um, as we've discussed many times on this podcast with the many transfer uh, not transfer but many uh, takeover deals that have been rumored is that these the Premier League you know, fit and proper pro- process for owners, basically ensuring that these owners can, you know, be owners in the Premier League, that they're, you know, there's no shady history, blah, blah, blah. Yep. That usually takes about two to four weeks. Uh, and that process was started around April 9th. So um, really at the latest, this this whole shebang should be finished by early May. I mean, yeah. if we're being technical, May 9th at the latest. Um, so... Uh, we're we're on the cusp of hearing an announcement probably in the next couple of weeks. I'd imagine by the end of next week we we might hear something, but um, that kind of sets the tone for the rest of this podcast. We're going to be, really be dissecting a lot of just interesting news we've heard from this this past weekend, this past week um, about you know um, our new owners, uh, their plans for the club going forward, some of the key personnel changes, and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, uh, I think. The next step is talking about the new chairman. Um, Elijah wrote a wonderful article about new details that have come up, come alight, which we've kind of referenced in this takeover. And it was actually, you can find that on SB nation soccer Twitter account, but also Mm -hmm. you can find it on our lovely website, coming home, Newcastle. Um, so Elijah, let's, Talk about your article, and and you still don't give it away because the people still need to read it. Yeah, um, but I guess the big news is that um, it seems, according to the Daily Mail, which um, have been killing it in terms of just releasing news, I think a lot of the uh, you could say with a lot of confidence, a lot of the news has been either confirmed or uh, you know broken by the Daily Mail in the past couple of days, but they are claiming that um, Newcastle already have their future chairman of the club, oh. and um, for and you actually have to take a step back and take a you know step back from this whole situation and examine Newcastle and understand that Newcastle were not being run like a typical Premier League club, um, and so when you have an ownership group like this, you need a, a singular person that's going to represent the quote unquote owner of the club. And that's the chairman of the club, the person who's going to make the ultimate decision on all these things. Kind of, you know, day to day, he lets other people run it. But if there's push comes to shove, major decisions involving the club, this is the guy that's going to actually make that decision. And Newcastle have their chairman. It's going to be from the Saudi side, um, Yasir Al Rumayan. I said it so much better when we were talking about this before, Greg. Yeah. But. Um, my boy Yasir, we're going to call him that. He currently is the chairman of Saudi Aramco, Aramco um, who is um, Saudi Arabia is kind of their their big breadwinner in terms of generating so much money, the reason the PIF almost exists. Um, Aramco is the largest um, oil company in the world, I mean, by a mile. They pretty much control all the oil in Saudi Arabia and the surrounding region. 
um, and he is the chairman of that uh, company. Uh, many are speculating just due to the fact of the relationship between the Saudi PIF and Aramco um, that this could be the first uh, kit sponsor under this new regime. Um, but I have no idea if that's true or not. I actually uh, also heard that. Governor- that's actually a great idea. I mean, like, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's just speculation. It's purely speculation. I mean, people are just, it's just one of those, they have a lot of money. Um, they have ties to the PIF, um, and I'll get into that in a second, because Yasir is actually over the PIF. He's the governor of the PIF, very well connected in Saudi Arabia, so it just kind of almost makes sense. Um, but again, that no one knows if that's true or not. It actually hasn't been reported at all. It's just completely speculation by a lot of fans. But yeah, we have our new um, potentially our new uh, our new chair of the uh, of the club. Um, other than that, the Daily Mail also revealed a couple things. You know, transfer strategy, that kind of stuff. They revealed. I guess we'll talk about something real quick. It revealed that the group has submitted the 350 page document to the Premier League that pretty much outlines their plans for the club. Uh, most notably pumping a ton of money in the club. We're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars um, that will go towards infrastructure uh, as in, you know, new stadium, that kind of stuff, as well as uh, transfers. And the ultimate goal is to compete in the Champions League by the end of, uh, you know, I guess within the next three years. So that's kind of the first biggest story that kind of broke going into this past weekend after our last pod. Greg, any thoughts on that? No, just get it done. Yeah, get it done. I mean, honestly, it's, <laughs> it all sounds good to me. I mean, Yasir. I mean, and 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 as we found out more information, it seems like Yasir is probably not going to even be present and really running the club. They're going to hire a sporting director and all that blah blah blah. Like he'll pretty much almost be Mike Ashley two in the sense that I don't know how often we will see him at the at the matches, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I mean, it's. It's just you know proof that this deal is is going along as as planned. Yeah, it's it's almost um, also one thing that people haven't been mentioning is that Amanda Stavely is also going to take a significant part in running Newcastle. So mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot more of her. So question yeah. gets just asked: What is what should this? What are the first things that should be done as owners, new owners of a club as big as Newcastle? Um, we actually. Got kind of an answer. The Athletic actually received yeah. some developments from people close to this group. And they made a list, and we checked it twice, and yeah. we're going to tell you more about Come it. On now. Hey. All right. So the first one. That was cute. First uh, thing that the owners plan to be doing is a mission statement, uh, releasing that, um, like, uh, only uh, original plans had featured the block booking of specific hotels in the city ahead of a media blitz, but for obvious reasons, that has now been shelved. So they are going to plan like a mission statement for the press. Um, they're going to have non-playing staff unfurloughed. <laughs> uh, Lee Charnley is going to be asked to remain in the time being, even though on Tuesday it was reported that he actually is going to be leaving once it's com- uh once the deal is completed, so we'll see about that. We're also, uh, Athletic's been told that Steve Bruce will stay in charge of the first team until the end of, uh, throughout the end of the season, kind of like an audition. Um, I have more questions for you there, Elijah. Um, 
Apparently, they've reached out to some supporters groups. We'll see about that. Uh, supporting of the NHS hospital has, is being considered. Uh, the form of that support will be decided. And essentially like a full undertaking of Newcastle United, their academy, their infrastructure, everything that goes to that. If you remember the first bid, uh, Amanda Stavely said $200 million for signings and $200 million for infrastructure. Uh, that's pretty much all I got. I'm yeah, now. I mean, I guess I would yeah. add to that. Um, they've already started contacting free agents, which we'll get yeah. into that a little bit later with the BS meter um, and agents and stuff like that. Um, and they've been meeting regularly remotely. So um, there's been reports elsewhere about a, pretty much a board of directors has pretty much been set. Jamie Rubin, who's, a, I guess, a son of one of the Rubin, Robert, Rubin brothers, he's going to be on the board. I think Amanda Staley is going to be on the board. There's been some, the board's pretty much set. Um, and so they've kind of been meeting, discussing strategy, that kind of stuff. Um, I guess the only other thing I would kind of alter is that it seems like we, we and we can kind of transition this now. Um, Lee Charnley is going to probably, his tenure is going to end in Newcastle with this new regime, um, but it's going to be a transition. So he's going to be a part of the transition um, in bringing in new players and, and, and bringing in a new board and all that kind of stuff. Um, but um, he, it's, it's understood that he's probably going to be out of the picture going forward. Um, I mean, no no fault of his own. Uh, there's even, I want to say it was, it might have been Luke Edwards or maybe Mark Douglas. One of them tweeted out, no, I think it was Craig Hope actually tweeted out that under different circumstances, you could argue Lee Charnley would have been a, a, a very decent, um, you know, director of the club. Chairman of the club, whatever you want to call his role was, um, he just was kind of screwed by the fact that Mike Ashley was his boss. Um, and we kind of saw that time and time again. Uh, he's out of all the individuals that are close to Ashley, he's been the only one that's sat down and done interviews with you know local newspapers like the Chronicle. He's done interviews with the Mail, that kind of stuff. So you can argue that Lee Charlie might be a decent um, you know person to run the club. But obviously, the ownership group has has different things in mind. But yeah, it's good to know that there's there's some action steps being taken uh, towards um, w- by this ownership group in the midst of you know coronavirus and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I definitely like if you don't take the whole root out, it leaves a seed and it will regrow. Like I think like that, mm-hmm. and that's I think he's just got to go. And yeah, another thing with that and. Uh, w- Unless you have anything else to say, we can transition into the Steve Bruce news about being a manager for the short term. I also think I, I'm fine with it if it's the remainder of the season. However, I don't think the Premier League, this is my opinion, I have no information, but I don't think they're going to finish the season. And if that's yeah. the case, I think Steve Bruce should go. Like, I get everybody's saying that like he deserves it after what he's done this season, but like let's look at his career he's not that great of a manager. Like everyone knows this. So there's no point in hanging on of something that's inevitably not going to hold true. Like it's, it's better to cut ties, say, Hey, you did a great job while you're here. Love you, bud. Uh, Nobody in Newcastle hates him. I I think at this point, I think he's gotten to that point where it's like, he's like somewhat like admired in a way uh, for the work that he did. But I, I don't see the point. Like, it's like, 
you're not going to have him in the long term. According to many people, you're already talking to other managers, so why stick it out? Yeah, and, and on that point, I, I do think, like you like you said, it, it's it's obviously unfortunate, and I, I'm with you. I don't I don't see the Premier League really returning. I I, I want to say there's there's almost no chance. I know that they're trying to push for a June restart or trying to finish things by June, um, but Netherlands have already canceled you know the, everything for the rest of the, for the rest of 2020. Um, the way things are looking in Germany, I would be shocked if the Bundesliga continues, um, you know, further on, un- unless there's a vaccine developed. Now, you know, not to get too off off site of off track from soccer, but there's been a lot of work being done in terms of vaccines, and the UK is currently testing vaccines on people, et cetera, et cetera. If there's a vaccine, yes, maybe we see some things return, but for the time being, if you look at things like face value. I'd be shocked if if any of the major leagues finish out their season this season. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, they're not going to have a vaccine I think you... till till twenty twenty one at least because when they test it, they have to wait a certain amount of period to see if there's mm-hmm. side effects, and that's not going to be till twenty twenty one. Exactly, and so I, I'm with you. I think you just cut ties with everyone. That's what I would do. Um, I somewhat understand trying to keep Lee Charlie on as a transi- transitory period because, I mean, he is effectively was the CEO of Newcastle. So, I mean, you're talking about, you know, he was in charge of the, the VP of communications, the VP of marketing, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, all that. So I, I kind of understand Lee Charlie being on for a limited amount of time just to transition. Um, but Steve Bruce, it's kind of like if the season's not happening, it, it's pretty fair to move on from it. Yeah. um so yeah that that's some of the news I, i'm honestly how shocked at how quickly we're moving through <laughs> this um do you, do you want to uh take a break before we head into steve bruce news and manager news yeah manager news yeah uh let's take a break and then we'll get to that let's do it right now all right who it, when steve bruce is out when mm-hmm. who is going to take his place elijah have you heard anything? Well, well, there's a few options. So one, there, there's, there's, there's some people out there who believe that Steve Bruce could be given a fair shot, and I do think that's like we kind of mentioned before the break, very dependent on whether or not the Premier League season continues. If the season continues, and honestly, I would agree with the owners here. If the season continues, there's only nine games left. There's only so much Steve Bruce can screw up in order, like, like I mean, the worst new. I mean, we'd have to really mess up to get relegated. But you know, so I understand, you know, keeping Steve Bruce on if they're if they're gonna play out the remainder of the season, play nine games, play six games, whatever it is. Um, but if that's not to happen, and um, it's likely not going to happen, it looks like our owners are going to go a different direction and start to look at um, some potential replacements to, for Steve Bruce. Obviously, the first and foremost, the one that everyone's been talking about, the one that's probably been the most heavily linked, the one that um, almost you would say makes the most sense, um, and you look at it on a purely service level, is Rafa Benitez. Who um it's it's on the record that Amanda Staveley is one very fond of Rafa Benitez um ever since his days at Liverpool um she uh was very fond of him in her initial bid for the club um a couple years back uh she was it was almost contingent on keeping Rafa Benitez so she loves Rafa Benitez obviously the big 
issue with Rafa Benitez um, is nothing to do with his managerial style or anything like that. It's the fact that he is making 12 million pounds a year coaching Diailong Lifong in the Chinese league. So that's the first kind of hiccup you run into. Additionally, we've been linked to Allegri as well as Pochettino, both two managers that were at top clubs that were fired. Um, some might say unfairly. Um, some might say fired too early. But uh, nonetheless, both were fired. Both were decent managers. Both were kind of experiencing a unique run of form where they weren't at their best or their teams weren't at their best. And then you have you have a wild card, Greg, as the fourth option that we're seeing. Um, the man, the current manager of Dortmund, Lucien Favre, who is a Swiss football manager and currently is the head coach of Dortmund. Uh, Dortmund obviously doing quite well in the in the Bundesliga, um, have been doing well for a while, and he's been a manager that's sanctioned a lot of really good signings. Obviously, most notably, um, Holland, the what is he Dutch? No, he's not Dutch. He's what? Like, I'm not really sure what. He's Dutch? I don't know. I feel Danish. I think he's Danish, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's definitely Danish. Yeah, he's no, he's Norwegian. Wait, yeah, he's Norwegian. He's just way off. Well, he signed Erin Brute Holland, which obviously was the coup of the season uh, for like 15 million pounds or something like that. So, um, anyway. Yeah, so that's that. Greg, of of the four people. I want I want two things from you. Who would you want? Perfect world, you'd want this person, and who do you think is the most realistic? And let's make it five. Let's start Steve Bruce in there. So, who's the most realistic? Who would you want? Most realistic is oh, so I saw with who do I want? It's Rafa Benitez. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's who I want. He's attached to the city. He's won the Champions League. He has the pedigree. Um, he knows how to manage big name players, um, and it'd be a love affair all over again. So that's who I want. Yeah. Um, who I think is going to happen? It's I don't think it's going to be Rafa because he's never broken a contract unless he's been fired or the contract ended, and I think he's proud of that. So I'm going to go with that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. <clears throat> so I know. Uh, Dortmund run a 3-4-3 or a 4-3-3 or something. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen at Newcastle. So, I, and we, I think, and I think you agree too, Favre is not going to be, probably not going to be the manager yeah. at Newcastle. So I think it comes down to Poch or Allegri. Um, both are completely unemployed. Both run a 4-2-3-1. Both run it in different ways. And I think with mm, with the familiarity with the Premier League, I think I'm going to say I think it will be Pochettino. I think a couple ways it can happen. They can bring Gareth Bale in. Mm-hmm. Poch would love that. They run like a a four two three one. Imagine a Gareth Bale, Almiron, ASM, and. I mean, whoever is up top, Joe Linton, I guess. I mean, Joe Linton. If they run that four-two-three-one narrow, and like they did in Spurs, where like they they put all the attacking players on the ball, pressure, turnover, and quick goal, like we're capable of that as is with a good with a competent manager. So that's just my hope there. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. I think Potts is probably the the one of the better options as a realistic signing one it's a flashy signing uh i think 
no one would be shocked or upset that Pochettino was hired. I mean, he was very successful with the Tottenham team. He took, he basically dragged a injured Tottenham team to the Champions League final. Without Harry Kane. I mean, it was to the point. Yeah, without Harry Kane, you had uh, it was basically Son and Lucas Moura were the only competent. He was starting Musa Yeah, he was starting Musa and you also have to consider this was a a a Tottenham team that wasn't making any signings as well. Like that was one of the big gripes with this this squad was like they were not making any signings. They felt their team was strong enough, and I guess technically they were correct because they got to the Champions League final. But Pochettino like was essentially fired because like you know it just his time was up it wasn't because he was really bad it obviously was a bad run of form that kind of came with that firing Mm -hmm. but i mean i think anyone in the world would snatch a pochettino if if they could afford the wages and all that kind of stuff so i do think that he's the most realistic signing the allegri thing seems to be a a bit far-fetched um just because i mean allegri is good and he's great at juventus but when you look at juventus outside of Serie A. They weren't that successful under Allegri. Unless, um, and I think unless Allegri really loves black and white stripes. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that that's the perfect thing, and, and and so that that's my thing with Allegri is that I understand obviously the pedigree with the Juventus, but if you're talking about the safer bet, the the flashier signing, you know, it's going to be Pochettino. Rafa would be a hell of a way to start off your your career here, and I don't think anyone would be upset with that if you're the PIF or you're Amanda Savely. Um, but it's all about are you willing to pay the insane buyout for Rafa, and are you going to be able to convince him that, you know, especially a guy who's been burned in the past by not only Rafa Benitez, not, sorry, not only uh, Mike Ashley, but, I mean, uh, Ibrahimovic, uh, you know, a ton of man- a ton of owners about, like, being able to have their vision. He's finally at a place where it seems like they've actually wanted to invest in his vision and are giving him yeah. free reign to rebuild the club from the ground up. Are you really going to be able to convince him to once again, leave a very good situation and come to a place where yes, the promise is there, but are you going to follow through on your word? I, I don't know. It just seems like a far fetched kind of situation for Rapinitez. So I would go with Pochettino as well. I think it's, it's likely um, I would be shocked if Steve Bruce is, is given the reins. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, let's transition. Cool. Mm-hmm. Be in sports. They uh, sent a letter to all the Premier League teams and the Premier Leagues basically saying to stop the uh, takeover from Saudi Arabia taking over Newcastle um, in, because they have some pirating issues, is what they said. Mm-hmm. Revenue. Is the reason. Um, let's dive a little deeper into that. I have some problems with it. I think you might too. Uh, what's the problems yeah. that you have from it? I, I think the 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 first and foremost, the biggest issue is that I mean, it, it's it's a bit selfish. I mean, it, it's BN Sports coming in, um, and BN Sports, of course, is owned by you know, they're essentially one of their majority shareholders is Qatar which owns PSG. Yep. So it, it, they're not really, again, and and shout out, you know, a little preview. We have a, a, a dope joint pod um, coming out with uh, with False Nines, the other podcast on the CHN Radio Network, a part of the family. We kind of we kind of touch on this there a little bit more, so I won't get into details. But there, there's a level of, like, there's a lot of criticism from uh, against Newcastle from people who just 
morally cannot criticize Newcastle. Qatar should be the last people in the world talking about Saudi Arabia when Qatar not only bribed their way into the World Cup, but they've had hundreds of deaths due to the fact that they're building these stadiums under insane, inhumane conditions. So it's it's a bit odd, and it's it's a personal gripe. But I don't know. Being sports needs to just you know take a step back, sit this one out, fam. I I don't I don't see them having a legit case against the, the new owners, especially given the fact who they're owned by and all the things that have been associated with Qatar. Yeah. Well, there's another thing too is they already had a lawsuit with Saudi Arabia and they lost it. <laughs> yeah. So that that already happened. Um. So I I don't know what precedent they're staying on. It, it, it is interesting. You've seen a lot of this be in sports and to see international. And and guys, like, if you know me and if you heard of the other any other podcast, me or Elijah, like, we've been very open about this. Like, we, we can separate sport and politics, and we think it should be. And there's no way, no reason we think that Newcastle fans should be criticized for this, for supporting our club. Um, and I think, and I, I am willing to say that, if this was happening to your club, you would have similar reactions that we did if it was different than Newcastle. Mm. Um, but yeah. but it's also true that it's okay to criticize Saudi Arabia and mm-hmm. things that have happened. It's completely fair. So I get yeah. I get all sides of it. But at, at the end of the day, like some people can separate sports and politics and some people can't. But one thing that is completely ignored in all of this, which is surprising to me, is there's no mention of Amanda Stavely or the Rubin brothers in any of these complaints. They're essentially forgetting completely the fact that Amanda Stavely is going to take a huge part of running this club in day-to-day operations. And the Rubin brothers, worth eight, valued at $18 billion, are going to own stake in Newcastle United. It's almost as if that, that people are just assume, like saying that the entire Newcastle will be owned by Saudi Arabia. It's simply just not true. And it's being completely ignored. Yeah. So I, I, I don't understand, like, like why that's getting – I mean, I, never mind. I do understand why people are not focusing on it because it goes against that agenda. But, like, I've heard – seen no – if you're really against this, I've seen no articles of Mike Ashley negotiating with Saudi Arabia. I've seen no articles, like, blasting Amanda Stavely for joining a deal with Saudi Arabia. I've did no seen no articles of – people boycotting Rubin Brothers properties because they're negotiating with Saudi Arabia. And I've seen no articles mm-hmm. with issues of England arming Saudi Arabia's military. So, like, like what yeah. are we going to – like, we, you have to stay consistent. Um, that's just my, yeah. my and, thoughts yeah. on this. <laughs> and if, if we're being honest, I mean, uh, I think the onus here is – Newcastle fans are getting the majority of the slack here, but who's not getting the slack is the Premier League, who is okay with this. Like, I think the the common understanding is that regardless of what the Amnesty, what are they called, the Amnesty Group? Amnesty International. Amnesty International, regardless of what they say, regardless of what BN Sports said, regardless of what Miguel Delaney or Oliver Holt or any of these, these people are saying, and regardless of what they say, all signs are pointing Premier League letting this sale go through. Yeah. And there's no criticism from the Premier League for letting this happen. Not once, but twice. Well, you can argue three times. I mean, Sheffield United's owner is 
like obviously he's not of he's not technically in the royal family, but he is one of the most powerful people in Saudi Arabia. Very close ties with the Saudi Arabian prince. You talk about Ibrahimovic in um it, with Chelsea. I mean, we're talking about someone who's very close ties with Russia. Obviously, um, a spy. There's been a tons of ac- accusations against him and a lot of shady things behind there. You can you can go so many way with Gao, who owns Southampton, who. Also was involved with some shady practices over in China. And of course with Premier League, um, which again, their owner literally on film beating a guy to death. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, obviously Premier League doesn't care. Uh, and so it, it's it's insane, like you say, to add on to that point of just people being criticized. The Premier League just doesn't get any criticism for any of this. And they're the whole reason this exists. If this was a really big deal to the Premier League and they cared about human rights, they would have never let this get to this point they would not have like the owner's check would be done we would be done and dusted the takeover would be null and void we would be talking about something else we would probably be talking about you know i don't know signing bass dost again i I have no idea so uh you're spot on with that yeah cool let's uh let's transition now to Mm -hmm. a lovely actually well real quick before actually let's take a break let's do that Okay. All right, let's let's do take it. a break and then I have some questions for you. Okay. Okay. We'll take a break now. All right, Elijah. It, I said I had some questions, but I don't really know one. if I have questions yet. We'll we'll see. Um, it's Newcastle United related. Actually, yeah, I can definitely come up with two questions. The first question, okay, I think is pretty important, and I'm interested to see your answer. And and for listeners, I do not know how Elijah is going to answer this question. Um, I know what he thinks about this player, but I don't know how he's going to answer this question. When I'm saying when again, when this takeover happens, do you think they should sign Maddie Longstaff to a contract extension? Yeah, that's an interesting question because I do think as much as the Maddie Longstaff saga, and it's been a saga, I think I think it's been a saga that's definitely dragged out far too long. I will say that. Um, whatever's happened, it should have happened. Like, whatever everyone's thoughts have been, it should have happened. It's, it's interesting that it's dragged this long, and I do think that there has been a little bit of like, I, I want to say, okay, I'll say it like this. Everyone's very quick to get on Mike Ashley, which, hey, fair. Get on Mike Ashley. He's not a great owner. He's cheap, et cetera, et cetera. But I do think, and I've said this multiple times, there's a there's a very large possibility that Matty Longstaff is demanding an absurd wage given the fact that he's really not produced a ton in Premier League. So um, I do think there's that's a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of that going on potentially. But knowing what I know and knowing and seeing Matt, Matty Longstaff as a player and looking at him as a player and, and looking at you know other salaries within the team and looking at other salaries around the Premier League, I think it would be I I would a hundred percent resign Matty Longstaff because one, our new owners can afford it, and two, like the worst case scenario, you have another Rolando Arrows or Henry Saive or Jack Colbeck on your on your hands, and we've already gone through that, and we already know what that looks like. And now we'll actually have the ability to sign someone else to kind of push that person out and you know get rid of that individual. And it's not it doesn't feel like as much of a hit. Yeah, it's that's that's a fine point too. I, I think two things here. One is 
I think you have to put value on youth product players. However, mm-hmm. and Steve Bruce has developed decent players in his career. It's happened. Simple mm-hmm. facts. You can look them up. Um, but his son is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I mean his son has his son. a little bit of genetics because Steve Bruce was actually a really good player. Um, yeah. Um, which is still crazy to think about, but he was really good. Um, but the, the one thing that I'm like thinking about is like, imagine if we had a coaching staff truly focused on developing young players mm-hmm. and Matty Longstaff could really take advantage of it. There is a point where this could be his peak. This could be as good as he gets. And development does fall a lot on the player. Like most people say, like coaches have to develop, coaches have to, the player also has a very, probably more of a share than the coaches do. The coaches can tell them what to do, but the player has to commit fully. So, mm-hmm. but this very well could be the best he ever gets. But there's also, yeah. there's a chance he can get a lot better. And I think yeah. that's a risk worth taking for somebody from Newcastle, like a local kid. And even then, no matter what you sign him to, say say he's, you know, this is the best he's getting or whatever, you can look at the Chelsea model. Look at Ethan Omdu for Chelsea yeah. or look at Nathan Ake, where it's like they were able to sell these players for a lot of money, even if they didn't fit into their first team plans. And they've now developed into players that, like, are worth so much money. Yeah. I would be shocked. If, I mean, it's almost to the point where Nathan Ake, who was released, not released, but sold by Chelsea years ago to Bournemouth, is now to the point he's become one of the best defenders in in the Premier League just due to his ball skills, mm-hmm. his, his ability as a defender, et cetera, et cetera. Like, Chelsea are considering buying him back for £40 million, pounds, yeah. something along those lines. Ethan Omdu is a, another great example. He's over in Leipzig right now. Another good season from him in Leipzig. I mean, he could be another player that, you know, has was was a cheap signing in the academy that has turned into general profit. So if you're looking Miazga. at purely from oh, a wait, profit, no. yeah. <laughs> Kurt Zuma's another example. I mean, just like there's, yeah, Miazga. Oh wow, I that went over my head. Okay, we'll have our last stare about Matt Miazga. Damn. But I mean, there, there's that, there's that as well. Where it's like, you know, even if Matty Longstaff's wages are outrageous, there's still an opportunity for you to make money off of that player. And so, it'd be interesting. I'd be shocked if they didn't, you know, get that deal done. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's do a BS meter, and then let's okay. do some questions. All right. All right. So BS meter is really interesting right now. We're at a probably I would say since this podcast began began the weirdest like BS meter phase we've ever been in. I think Greg would agree with this. We're at a unique crosswords where crossroads where we know that okay we can assume that Newcastle is getting sold to a team with a lot to an ownership group with a lot of money. Based on what we've seen when sales like this happen in the past, we're going to look at Man City, for example, look at Chelsea, for example. We kind of have an idea of what these ownership groups tend to do when they come in into a new club that they've just bought. We know they like to spend a lot of money, make a big marquee signing. But then again, we really have no idea what's going to happen in the future. So uh, it's a weird time for the BS meter. And uh, there's a lot of names linked to Newcastle right now. So I guess the best way to do this is just it's just to do the damn thing. Let's go down the list. So I guess one of the first names that kind of popped up um, that Greg has mentioned multiple times, um, Gareth Bale. Uh, he is one of the, the one of the first players that was linked to Newcastle. Obviously, um, 
the the link makes sense. He wants to get out of Real Madrid. Um, it doesn't seem like there was a lot of Premier League interest um, in Gareth Bale before this season, um, well, before now. And obviously, you know, going from Real Madrid, pretty much anywhere else he's going to go is a step down unless he goes into an equal or better league like the Premier League. Um, so Gareth Bale, Greg, um, Newcastle player. Well, <laughs> based on our managers list of our top four managers, there's a 50% chance that he's signing with Newcastle United, in my opinion. Okay. If we get Rafa or if we get Poch, he's in. Bale's yeah. in. Bale's coming to the tune if we get one of those two managers. Book it. Book it. That's my BS yeah. meter there. Okay. We'll move on to another player. Uh, there, there's a couple players that are out of contract, and we'll start with one. Um, this, you know, whenever the seasons end. Um, the first one is uh, Drez Mertens uh, over in Napoli. Is he's a player that has been linked to uh, want to move away from Napoli. He's pretty much a lifetimer at Napoli. Um, has been there for quite some time. Obviously, striker, Belgian national team, a bit different than what we've been used to seeing at Newcastle in the past couple of years. He's not a hold-up play type striker, more similar to a Bobby Firmino type or a, uh, I'm trying to think of someone else. Um, who's the bloke at uh, at uh, Leverkusen who's currently your striker? I'm, it's His name is Escape. Oh, that guy. But yeah. essentially, yes. But essentially, um, a player who um, is is a little bit smaller but can score goals is going to be helpful in the in the build up play, et cetera, et cetera. It's Kevin Volland. That's what I'm thinking mm. of. Um, yes. So uh, Drez Mertens, uh, free signing, uh, first big signing for Newcastle's new ownership group. How are you feeling about this? Yeah. So uh, obviously, it's good. Anytime, like and. and Elijah mentioned to this, we're in this weird phase where like, we don't truly know who's our manager, how much the owners are going to spend, um, and we're in this limbo stage. But at any time, like, like now things are starting to become a little bit more realistic because you think, oh, wow, we have, we're going to have a lot of money and we can spend that. Yeah. And Trace Martins is also an interesting shout because of his connections with Tarafa. Um, yeah. Now, the one thing that's holding me up is he's about to turn 33. And at this stage in a player's career, this isn't a time to take a project. It's a time to, to go achieve something. Um, and Newcastle might not be that achievement that he's looking for. Um, with a manager he's familiar with and loves, like he said great things about Rafa. Bale has said great things about Rafa. Um, it still might not be a right fit for him at this point. Because uh, he's like, he's kind of probably going to align himself with saying like, last couple of years in my deal or of my career, maybe like I need yeah. to make sure I align it the right way. So like I can achieve the most success I can and Newcastle might not be at that point yet. That's my, that's my, yeah. Point. And, and I, I'll, I'll add on to that. I mean, I think there's obviously our ownership group. We've mentioned this earlier, their, their ambitious goal of being a champions league team in the next three years. That's beautiful to, to want to achieve. But if we look at reality, it's going to be tough mm-hmm. to get there. And with the financial fair play restrictions, it's, it's a tough ask. I, I can you see know. us sneaking into Champions League. But yeah. being a, a contender in the Champions League is completely different. You know, if, and, if we really bust our butts and get there like next year, it's possible with Man City not being allowed to be in the, in the yeah, Champions League. That's, like, that's fair. I, I said if Rafa was in the Premier League or was in Newcastle this year, We'd be a Europa League team, I think. 
Like, I still yeah. stand by that. Um, yeah. So, like, maybe it could happen. Yeah, it, it's a maybe. With, with Man City still being suspended, though. <laughs> yeah. And so, and just on the Dres Mertens, I think the other teams that's interested in him is Chelsea. Um, I want to say Arsenal. And honestly, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're going to say, if you're going to take a three year deal, are you going to take a three year deal at Chelsea? Are you going to take a three year deal at Newcastle? Uh, or you take a three-year deal at Arsenal. I want to say Arsenal's in last place in that regard just because you know that Newcastle are going to spend a ton of money and try to improve their team as quickly as possible. But between Chelsea and Newcastle, it's kind of tough because Chelsea's produced a very good product given the fact that they, can, they couldn't spend money in the transfer window. They've got a lot of really good young players, and realistically, they don't have to spend that much to get to the next level. No. So... I'm with you. If I'm if I'm Mertens in this in this situation, it's a tough decision to make. Yeah. Um. So let's move on. Um. Here's one that Greg uh, brought to my attention. Um. You can kind of speak on this, Jack Grealish. Yeah. Paul Merson had a uh, interview on Monday saying that when the takeover happens, that Newcastle should actually target Jack Grealish from Aston Villa. That he's a big body, a tough player, and a person who deserves an opportunity at a higher level in the Premier League than what Aston Villa can mm-hmm. offer. You know, it's interesting. He's actually <laughs> the player that helped us win the championship a few years ago. Yeah. And we absolutely slated everyone for it. Um, and we've we've kind of kind of attacked Jack Grealish in a way because just like we don't like Aston Villa and they love yeah. Jack Grealish. And it would be kind of funny if he just came to the team. It's an interesting player. I'm, I mean, going so you set me up to January transfer window. COVID nineteen doesn't happen, and we're linked to Jack Grealish. I'm intrigued. Like it's something that I really like. Uh, he, I think yeah. he would really fit into our current makeup. So I, I would say I this, Jack Grealish. I'm all for that as well. I, I think it talks about we talk about the mentality of Newcastle and the players and all that kind of stuff. Jack Grealish fits in that more hundred percent. Like just down and dirty, great player, shithousery to the max. He's like a, honestly a better Matt Ritchie if you look at just the way he kind of plays, goes all out. Is a bit you know, and we talked about this when we had Dustin on about. Uh, Danny Rose, but just a guy who draws fouls as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if you do it the right way, Newcastle fans will enjoy that. So I would, I would love to see Jack Grealish. And if if we're being realistic, it's it's a it's honestly of the of the uh, signings that we'll go through on the BS meter. It really does make the most sense as a signing, like as an actual signing you'd pay money for. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about free agents; that's a whole different ordeal. But if you're talking about Actual purchases, I wouldn't be shocked if Newcastle placed in a bid for Jack Grealish. So I would say there's a low amount of BS on that. Yeah. I'm uh, moving on to two. Oh, well, let's actually let's go with the latest one. Um, a PSG link. Uh, we got linked to Ederson Cavani today, the striker for PSG. Um, obviously Cavani, uh, uh, like we said at the end of his career, um, towards the end of his career. Uh, honestly, before Newcastle was recently linked to Inter Miami FC. Um, the the uh, MLS side. Uh, so uh, your thoughts on Cavani? I mean, another striker, older, uh, wanting to try to finish his career out on a good note. Been at PSG for a while. It really hasn't been able to achieve much there besides winning the league. Cavani at Newcastle, is it a possibility? So I would say my BS meter is super high on this one. Massive mm-hmm. BS, like loads of it. Um, 
And the reason being this. Uh, one, he's... Go back to the Dres Martens talk. He's 33 now. So he ended his mm-hmm. career. But he is currently playing at PSG, which is a Qatari-owned club. We're going to be a Saudi-owned club, and if you know anything about diplomatic relations, the two countries do not like each other. And I'm going with the fact that they won't even sit at the table to negotiate this deal. It's not going to happen. And if if it does, Qatari is, or PSG is going to ask for just asinine amounts of money for this to happen. I don't think there's any way in the world this gets done. No way. I think diplomatic relations will go too far here. Yeah. I really do believe that. Shout out ESPN. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. I mean, uh, and that's something that um, it, it, there was an ESPN FC. Wait, did uh, they really say that? No, ESPN FC actually did report that. That was them. That, that was 100% them. That the diplomatic relations will... Oh, oh no, no, no. no. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that it's kind of related to this, though. Is um there was I was watching ESPN FC segment on Newcastle the other day. It's actually released yesterday, I want to say. And, That's Monday uh, and for listeners. So Monday, so Monday, uh, and I, I guess I think I could tweet out the link, so you can ch- check it out on my Twitter. We'll retweet um, that too when you tweet it. Thanks. Um, but uh, they they brought the, the the pundit there brought up the point that like you get into really murky situations when you have a a country own the club, and this is honestly the first take. Of you know anti Saudi Arabian regime that I've agreed with, where it's like you're right, things do get murky when you have a country own a club because you know the club is not the number one priority for the country. Everything else is. So if Saudi Arabia, I mean, and there's been arguments that this actually is an investment that Saudi Arabia is making in order to get out of the oil like oil market and and kind of you know make money other ways. But say Saudi Arabia, like what happened. Monday of this week, where barrel costs went below a cent. Like if Saudi Arabia gets completely, yeah, if Saudi Arabia gets completely screwed and we like just stop using oil, like Newcastle could just get screwed over. And you can take that and apply that to this, where if we're at war with Qatar, or you can take at Saudi Arabia at war with Qatar, or you know, like you said, the diplomatic relationships with Qatar are just not great. I mean. I wouldn't be shocked if Newcastle don't really do business with PSG just purely based on the fact that diplomatic relationship between Qatar and Saudi Arabia isn't great. Yeah. So that's a good shout from you there, Greg. Um, okay, we'll move on to our last few. Um, we got two Barcelona lads. Um, Anton Griezmann is the first one that we've been linked to. Obviously, Anton Griezmann has not had a great season at Barcelona. I would say it's been a pretty disappointment start, disappointing start to his career. Um, there's been a lot of talks about him wanting to compete and really you know make things right um but so far it's been a, a pretty ugly start to his barcelona career um newcastle were linked as a team under this new regime as uh, griezmann would be a signing to kind of set the tone as a big marquee signing which obviously makes sense griezmann is one of the best players in the world uh, consistently it ballooned the or um like finalists so it makes sense that a new ownership group would want to make a splash with griezmann is this realistic, though? Yeah, it's going to happen, guys. This is going to happen. <laughs> um, Antoine Griezmann is is tailor made for Newcastle. He has an attitude. <laughs> he has a swagger that's needed to wear the black and white stripes. He has the, the goal mustache. celebration. He has a, well, he's going to shave the mustache when he comes up to the north. Um, of course, yeah, definitely. And he has a goal celebration to boot. And we're going to love him to death. He's going to love Newcastle for his first goal. He's like. Yeah. This is where I'm meant to be my entire life. Now, seriously, no, this isn't going to happen. He's not going to 
Yeah, no way. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, that was he's, a, that was probably is the, he, um, yeah. He's um, actually um, he's Basque, so he's French, but he grew mm-hmm. up at Real Sociedad, um, so he's like a so athletic club could sign him. Griezmann. Yeah, because he he grew up in a Basque academy, and he, I think he moved to Real Sociedad when he's twelve or something. And yeah. um, and so he's like southwestern French, Basque, Spanish, um, and I think that's kind of where he belongs. Like he just, I don't know. I mean, players can always go away from home, and uh, plenty of examples of that. But I think that's that's where he needs to be. I think he needs to conquer La Liga. I think that's his goal. I mean, yeah, I'd take him in a heartbeat. And but I just I just I think it would be a little weird to see him in black and white. Maybe I'm still getting used to all this, but I don't know. No, no, I honestly I'm with you. I think it'd be weird to see Anton Griezmann in the Premier League in general. Yeah. Like yeah. there are certain players that you just you don't envision in the Premier League. Um like and, and there's there's a select few. I would say Messi is one of them. There is just no way. It, it, it's partially it's just like their play style and how how they're built is definitely one of the reasons why. But I don't see Messi in the Premier League. I don't see Griezmann in the Premier League as much as people want it to happen. I don't see Mbappe in the Premier League ever. I just think that like just how they play, their play styles, how technically good they are, it just doesn't bode well for you know the physicality of the Premier League. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. like we're talking about three guys who have one, Messi's already won a Balloon d'Or, and two, Mbappe and Griezmann on their way to winning Balloon d'Ors in some point in the near future, like, nothing gets the players, just, I don't think that they would fit in the Premier League, yeah. and there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Um, so, on to that, another player towards the end of their career also could be available on a free, Alturo Vidal. Yeah, same thing here, 33 years old, um, it's been reported that he is deciding, or is the, the most active talks that he's had has been for Manchester United or Newcastle United. And we all know there's only mm-hmm. one United and it's Newcastle. Yeah. Um, and apparently it's also been reported that he is kind of wary of Manchester United's recent history and excited about Newcastle's prospects with the new ownership. So it may be a way where he wants to finish out his career in Newcastle. You know, like I don't think Arturo Vidal is like, uh, against doing something like this, I don't know. Like he's he's yeah. always been like very sporadic and like uh, just like just ready to go, like very spontaneous and like he's a nut job. I I, I feel like like we would definitely love Ant- Antoine Griezmann. Oh, yeah, Griezmann, we would love him. Arturo Vidal is made for Newcastle. Like his like style, just tough. Like get after it, and he's good, and he's he's actually really good. But like, yeah, I, I think he could. Uh, I think he could also like be a, a pretty decent leader for like any young stars we try to bring in, because he's seen it all kind of uh, in national yeah. level. I mean, he's played everywhere. Yeah, yeah. National, national level, domestic level, and um, I think the Premier League would kind of be his last hurrah. Uh, like, I'm not saying he's he's not. There's plenty of players that are better than him. I think, but he's way better than what most of the Premier League has. Um, yeah. And I think it kind of reminds me of the, it, honestly. I don't know. I mean, a little bit, obviously a little bit younger, but the end Zeko uh, signing for Manchester City was in, it was kind of similar, whereas it's a guy who's, 
kind of achieved it already and just like this was a, a good natural next step and he really was grooming a lot of if you look at the signings that uh, Man, City, Man City made in their first couple seasons I mean him Vincent Company all the other guys that they signed were not really familiar with Champions League football etc cetera, etc cetera. not really from a lot of huge clubs but I mean you having a guy like Zeka who'd already played a lot of places it kind of makes sense, and I could see Vidal doing the same thing here, especially if it's on a free. I would, I would be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, he fits the culture. He's obviously played for some of the biggest clubs in the world, in Bayern Munich, and obviously in uh, in in Barcelona. He's already played in the World Cup and has done extremely successful. And we yep. look at Newcastle's current roster. There's not a lot of players. I don't think there's any players that have played, you know, European football in the sense of Europa League or Champions League. I can't really think of any of them. Maybe Fabian Scher, maybe at Basel, maybe. I. Maybe. What if, and hear me, that I, yeah. we'll keep this short because we need to get to, to questions and wrap this up. Yeah. What if the new owners go for, let's say, Ezekiel Barco? Sure, take him. I mean, I have way less ties to Ezekiel Barco than I know. I know, but like, 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 I love Missy. Or what if they go for Joseph and pay him crap ton? Or like, like I mean, I would, they, I would I'm be thinking way of, more hurt by Joseph. I, I'm thinking of Man City, like they went for a big name South American player, and that they could get who they thought was way over the value of what they were paying for him. And mm-hmm. I think they could do that with any any United player in in comparison to the rest of the market. Like what they would be valued if they did that in Europe would is significantly less. Um, yeah. So. I, it's just a random thought that came across my mind just now, <laughs> but yeah. like that's what Man City did initially, and it didn't work out for them. Like, like he wasn't that good, like at all. But they went for it, and it excited everyone. And just random thought. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. It'll be interesting to see what this new ownership group is. And to wrap things up, there's there's one more. Oh, there is. Oh, well, two oh, more. Well, let, let's yeah. let's go through it quick though. Uh, so Willian is the oh, other yeah. one That's also a, available on a free. That would be a That's amazing one. Same, a same situation though as we've kind of already 30, discussed with Vidal, two, thirty-three, with, somewhere like that. Yeah, same thing. So it's one of those. I mean, and and to be fair, he's already been at a club where they've had the opportunity to to play in the Champions League and perform in Champions League. They haven't really gotten it all done. Um, so what's his next step? And he doesn't, doesn't look like, like he's, he's slowing down yet either. Yeah, it also just doesn't seem like he's going to be at Chelsea next year, um, just just due to the fact that they've signed a ton of really good wingers. Um, and then, I guess last but not least, this is one that really has been mentioned as a new ownership group, but I would be shocked if this doesn't happen, just given the cower of the player and to the fact we've been linked to him and the relationship's already there. Bubakar Samare. I don't know why Newcastle wouldn't sign him. 21 years old, obviously a very good French midfielder. Um, this could be our version of Angola Conte in the sense of, you know, you get a guy from League uh, one of those guys who, you know, you spend you spend a lot of money on, hopefully they turn out well. I don't know. I think that's honestly out of all the signings we've named, that's probably the one that's actually gonna happen. Yeah, I mean it could definitely could be and that would be I mean, I bet his opinion on Newcastle will change, so yeah, uh, definitely, it's definitely so, changed. Yeah, so definitely, and he's already got he's already friends with ASM, and and mm-hmm. and I'm sure he knows Lejeune, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, we can move into questions. You want to take a quick break, or are we just gonna yeah? Let, right in? Let's just power it out because okay. these aren't gonna take long. Uh, the first right. question is, who's hosting the takeover Zoom call? 
Wow. We have a semi-announcement there. Mm. It's us. Yeah, it's us. We're currently in the works of doing that right now. We'll get you more details, but we're going to be doing a takeover. When the takeover is announced, we'll be doing the Zoom call. We're going to try to get as many guests as we can and do like a live virtual podcast. Um, And then have a party after. Like it's not going to be super long. Uh, We'll get like a QA and a with some superstars. And then uh, after that, uh, we'll do like a just a cans moment. And it's yeah. incredible. Any, yeah. And hopefully we're sober enough to actually we host won't be. We, won't, we will definitely not be. All right. Um, cool. Sweet. We will it not will be. It will be a drunk podcast. Guaranteed. Sweet. Brown liquor special. Yeah. The next question, last one, is if someone gave you $5,000 to put a bet down, on who will be Newcastle's manager the first game of, the, of next season, who would you pick? And I'm going to raise this. So instead of $5,000, we're going to say that, okay, if you, if one of us gets this wrong, and we'll definitely pick different answers, and I'll even allow you to go first. Um, okay. If one of us goes wrong, the the person who got it wrong has to do a podcast where they do a power hour during the podcast and the other person has to keep track. So every 60 seconds, the person that lost has to do a shot of beer as the podcast progresses. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Are you in um, for that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hundred percent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeez. And I, we'll keep, I, we'll make I, it an hour podcast. So we get the whole stage of the 60 minutes of every minute doing a shot of beer. Man. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, that's wild because I, Honestly, at first I was like, let me be realistic with this. Now I'm like, <laughs> maybe I should just like go with who, what my heart is saying and like, you know, yeah. instead of like what my brain is. So my heart wants to say Rafa Benitez. It would just be is like, that your answer? Link. that's my guess for me. Because I, I think like, if, if I'm thinking with my mind, it's definitely someone else. Maybe someone you'll say. Um, but if I'm thinking with my heart, one, I love Rafa near and dear to my heart. Two, Amanda Stavely, she likes Rafa Benitez a lot. She does. And she, like you said earlier, she's going to be heavily involved in the club. And again, money is no real issue here with this this new regime, this new ownership group. And so if the, if the buyout's 20 million pounds and that's, that's what it costs to get the manager that Amanda Stavely, the expert on the Premier League, thinks, you know, can take the team forward... I wouldn't be shocked if the Saudi regime is like, yeah, F it. We'll pay the 20 million pounds. Come on over. Do whatever you want. Invest in the academy, whatever. Like, this is your budget. Sign whoever you want. All right. And I'm saying this is locked in. So if if the start of next season happens and Rafa is not the manager, then you have to do a podcast power hour. We'll even even name it that. And if we both get it wrong... (laughs) Man, that it's is sure going to be shit show. <laughs> like the last fifteen minutes of that is going to be a nightmare. Um, I've never done a power hour, so I'm oh, excited about this. I it's um, been a so long time since I've done one, and it's like <laughs> even in my prime, it, it gets tough at the end. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to go with Pochettino. Okay, I, I think the safe and correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with it. Um, there, there is some risk to it as well, but I think, well, any answer is really a risk. But I, I think that could be like 
a logical step to be a great like marriage. Um, yeah. And it's going to give him, assuming the new owners are going to spend money, it's going to give him what he's kind of wanted, um, an ability to build his team as the team proves. And uh, I hope it, I hope it happens. <laughs> Man, it's going to be a rough podcast for me when <laughs> when Allegri gets in the manager. <laughs> oh gosh, it's going to be it's going to be David Wagner actually. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, let's wrap this up. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, man. I'm I'm just excited for the times. Hopefully, cans in the future. Yeah. Um. I mean, the the rate of the news that's occurring right now. We could release this podcast, and there's an announcement yeah, yeah. made. Uh, we have no idea. So, we're recording this on a Tuesday night. Um. And so, if <laughs> things happen, things happen. All that kind of stuff, like. You know, I guess we'll have to do the Zoom uh, happy hour with everyone and, and cans and all that stuff, and that'll be the next thing you'll hear from us. So. Exactly. Hopefully that is. All right. Well, that concludes episode 126 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. That's the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. And boy, relax. Love you guys. To be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're forty and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I've walked the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the river dine. I'm coming home. Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Hey, how we I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. The Jody heroes, there's so many famous names like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dog in St. James's Park at the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home. Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. I've walked the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the river tide. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing hitting her way. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dog is in James's pocket.